Well, good morning, church. How's everyone doing this morning? Good? It's good to see you here. If you're joining us online, welcome. Comment in the chat box there. Let us know how your Sunday morning is going. We're glad to be worshiping with you. And if I haven't had a chance to personally meet you yet, my name is Aaron, and I'm the lead pastor here at New Community Church. And we are in our third and our final week of this series called Love Like Jesus. And we're spending these weeks leading up to Easter. Okay, Siri's talking to me here. Okay, so let me just go ahead and turn that down there. Okay, so we're talking about how do we love like Jesus? How, how do we reflect the love of Christ? How did Jesus love well, and how did he lead people well? And so we looked at first week about how Jesus loved the marginalized and the outcasts, those that were kind of on the outside of society and how he loved them well. Last week we talked about how Jesus loved well by serving those in need. So not by taking a position of many times what we think of success or leadership, but by submitting himself and humbling himself and serving those around him. That's how Jesus loved well. And so today we're going to continue and we're going to talk about how Jesus loved well by eating food with other people. Okay, so if you love food, this is the Sunday for you guys, okay? You've come on the right Sunday because that's what we're going to talk about, about how Jesus loved well by Many times it's called breaking bread, but that's just another term for sitting down and eating a meal with other people. And we're going to look in Scripture what this looks like. As I was thinking about this message, I thought um, just about something in my life. I've been married 22 years, going on 23. Sarah and I have been dating for about 24 or a little bit more years now. And I'm still amazed at this point about how we struggle and argue over food. And maybe you guys are like this with maybe friends or roommates or maybe um, a wife or a husband, your spouse. But we'll, it takes us a while, but we'll finally decide where we're going to go to eat, okay? And whenever we have restaurant, like whenever we choose our restaurant, I already know when I'm going to get there, okay? Sarah calls me a picky eater. I just like to say I have a refined palate, you guys, okay? Just a refined palate is what that is. If anyone else out there is a picky eater, you can use that term. So I know what I'm going to get, but Sarah's a little bit more adventurous, and so she'll choose something different. And this happens so many times where she'll eat a little bit of hers, and I'm like, are you not hungry? What's going on? And she's like, it's just not as good as I thought it was going to be. Let me try a little bit of yours. And in that moment, I'm like, no, 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 no. Okay, you guys, here's why. Because I knew what I wanted to get, and I knew what I wanted to eat. And if you wanted this, why didn't you order this, Sarah? Like, I don't understand that. If you want, and I'll order you a different plate. No, I don't want a whole other plate. I just want to try a little bit of yours. And that's a struggle for me, you guys, okay? That's a struggle in that moment because I do love food. I love delicious food, and I want to eat whatever I get. But I was thinking in those moments, you know, Sarah is a lot more like Jesus when it comes to food. Because Jesus, whenever he approached a meal, whenever he approached food, it wasn't just about eating something delicious. It wasn't just about getting some good food. It was about relationship and connection. And as we look at what Jesus challenges us with, how he ate meals with others, what the Bible encourages us, even as the church was growing and developing, I think we'll see some ways in our life how we're called to love like Jesus even around eating a meal with someone else and sitting down and, and having food together and what we're called to do in those type of situations. And so if you have your Bible, I want you to start by opening up to Luke chapter 22. And we're going to go through a number of different passages. We won't just be here in Luke, but 
The, the scriptures will be up there on the screen. If you have the NCC app, you can open that up because the notes are in there and the scriptures are in there as well. And so you can write down some of the things that God is challenging you with. But Luke 22, verses 14 through 16, this is what it says. Jesus is eating the last meal, the Passover, if you will, with his disciples. As we mentioned a moment ago, whenever we took communion together, this was on the night he was going to be betrayed, the um, day before he was crucified, and this is what it says. When the hour came, Jesus and his disciples reclined at the table. And he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover meal with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. And so Jesus is having this last meal with his disciples, and his desire is he's saying, hey, I've been looking forward to this. Because with Jesus, breaking bread is about relationship. It's about the connection and the relationship he has with his disciples and what's taking place in that moment. That's what Jesus is talking about. That's what he's expressing there over this Passover meal. And what is being said there, hey, this is about relationship. I desire to eat this with you. Now, it's not because Jesus is hangry, right, where he gets upset and he's really hungry. It's not that. It's not like, hey, this is one of the last meals I'm going to eat, kind of that death row meal. But he's saying, hey, I've desired this. There's a connection. There's relationship here, and I want to be close to you. That's what this meal is symbolizing, and that's what it means is, hey, there's community here. Now, growing up in church, I always got really confused whenever a pastor or a speaker would read this because it talks about a meal, and whenever we take communion together, right, we have this little piece of bread in this little cup. And I always thought, those poor people, right, they had nothing to eat except a tiny piece of bread and a cup, and that's all they got. That's really horrible. Like, they, they should have had a full meal, but that's not what it was like. When Jesus was sitting down, they were eating an entire meal together. And even as the church continued to spread after Jesus ascended into heaven, whenever they would get together and they would remember like we did, it wasn't just a tiny piece of bread in a cup. It was a meal together. And part of that communion, that connection, that community, and that union together was we're sharing a meal together. We're doing this together. We're talking about what God's done in your life. We're talking about what your week is like. We're talking about what God is speaking to you. And it's over a meal. There's a connection there because with, breaking, with Jesus, breaking bread is about that relationship. I think it's like a good family-style meal. I don't know if any of you guys have ever been to a place called Babes here in Dallas. Okay, love that place. And they serve that family-style meal, right? If you've ever been there, you order your meat. Sarah usually gets fried catfish. I usually get the ribs. But there's some good, like, rotisserie smoked chicken. But it's all kind of family style. There's big bowls of corn, and they just keep bringing it out, and mashed potatoes and gravy and fried okra and green beans and rolls. And some of you guys are starting to drool right now, okay? But it's, it's this idea of you're sharing with one another, right? The opposite of what I like to do, but I do love babes. But you're sharing with one another, and that's what the Passover meal was like. Whenever they would sit down, and Jesus, even at this Last Supper, when he is there with them, when he's connecting with them, when he's talking with them, is they're sharing with one another. Now, if you're a germaphobe and you don't like people double dipping, this may have been hard for you, okay? But that's what it was like, is you're breaking bread and you're taking part of what you're eating, and you're giving it to someone else. It's this symbolism of relationship and of connection with one another. That's what Jesus is talking about, and that's what's happening. 
This was always God's desire, is that meals and food would bring connection and bring relationship. If you remember, if you have your Bibles, you can turn there, Exodus chapter 12, verse 4, when God is talking about the first time that they would eat this Passover meal together. And if you're not familiar with the story, the people of God were coming out of 400 years of slavery. And this festival, this meal, this celebration that they were eating, it was symbolic of that. So some of it was a little bitter because they had been through some suffering and it symbolized that. Some of it was some really good, slow-cooked lamb. And they would eat that together and share that. And in Exodus chapter 4, verse 12, when God is giving them this instruction, this is what he says, don't eat this alone. And a matter of fact, if you start making this meal and you start cooking it and you realize we've got a lot here, more than even our family can eat, do not eat this alone. Invite your neighbor, invite your family member, invite your friends, invite other people over. Share this meal together because don't celebrate this alone. It's about connection. It's about community. It's about relationship. This was always God's desire. Jesus was a beautiful example of this all throughout the Gospels. We see this, that he's sharing a meal with someone, but it's more about more than just eating. It's about um, friendship and that relationship, that connection. In Mark chapter 2, verses 15 and 16, some religious people get mad at him because he's eating a meal with people. And this is what it says. While Jesus was having dinner at Levi's house, that was one of his disciples who's also known as Matthew, there were many tax collectors and sinners And they were eating with him and his disciples. And there were many who had followed him. And when the teachers of the law, those who were Pharisees, saw him eating with sinners and tax collectors, they asked his disciples, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? Now, why is that such a big deal? Because Jesus is stepping outside of the norm. And he's connecting with people in relationship who were outside of what the religious people thought were okay those that were still in sin, those that were tax collectors, there were probably drunkards there, there were probably prostitutes. There's all kind of people at the table, and Jesus is okay being in relationship with them. He's displaying the Father's love. He's connecting with them around community. This is the picture that Jesus gives us, that around food and eating a meal together, it's about relationship. And he's bringing people into the household of God, into that we talked about that week one. This week, I was reading again about a church in England that does this so well. They challenge everyone in their church around eating a meal with other people. Now, when you stop and think about this, okay, you're probably going to eat somewhere around 14 to 21 meals this week, right? Okay, some of us probably a little bit more, okay? Some of us maybe a little bit less that we're going to eat. Maybe you skip breakfast, okay? But you're going to do this over and over again. And this church challenges Um, each other that, hey, once kind of every other week, so you're kind of on rotation, so once every other week, you would find someone in the church to have a meal with. Why? You're going to have to eat anyway. And around that meal that you're eating together, talk about life. Talk about what's going on. Talk about if they're facing anything that's challenging in their life or anything that's hard. Why? Because we're called to be connected with one another and in relationship with each other. There's, there should be that connection there in our life, in our hearts. And you guys, we don't want to just worship next to each other. We don't want our connection to be, well, I kind of look across the room and I wave at you and I see that you're here. Like We want to know what's going on in each other's life. And when you're facing difficulty, that we're there for one another. And what better place than around a meal? 
grabbing coffee or lunch or dinner together and just talking about what's going on in your life. And then on the opposite week, so if you're doing that every other week, on the opposite weeks, the challenge is, hey, find someone that's disconnected from God, that's disconnected from church. Students, it may be that kid in the cafeteria that's sitting by themselves or a friend that you know that doesn't have relationships with other people. Adults, it could be someone in your workplace or a neighbor, and you're just inviting them over, and you're bridging that relationship. There's this beautiful thing that happens over sharing a meal together, and so I want to challenge you, don't eat alone all the time, but do what Jesus did as he's sharing a meal. There's relationship that's happening with one another. There's connection that's happening with one another, even the difficult relationships that we have. I was listening to one scholar this week, and as he was breaking down like the Lord's table and the Lord's supper, and maybe you've seen paintings of that, he was going through where different people were at, and he said, most likely Judas Iscariot, who betrayed Jesus, was the closest to him because they dipped their bread in the same kind of bitter herbs that were there, right? And they shared that together. That meant that he had to be close to Jesus. And Jesus is setting that example, hey, I'm in relationship with you, even when it's difficult, even when it's hard, even when it's awkward, right? Even though you're about to betray me, like, I'm close to you. I'm not isolating. And so there's this powerful picture that Jesus gives us over sharing a meal together, that we're connected, and it's more than just about eating food. It's about being in relationship with each other. Breaking bread is about relationship, but breaking bread is also about restoration. It's about restoration, and when you start to understand what's going on during the time of Jesus, you get a little picture of this. And so I'm going to need some guys to help me. So I need four of you guys on the front row. Go ahead and come up here. Okay. So go ahead. Who's doing it? Okay. Reese is going to do it. Okay. So I need you guys to, to grab this right here. Okay. So here's this. We'll just put that sign on. Okay. So each one of you guys grab one of these. Okay. Everyone's got one. Okay. So what would happen is you would invite people over to a meal. You'd invite them over to your house so that you could have dinner together. But the way that these houses were set up during the Roman time and during the Jewish time, it wasn't just about eating a meal. It was about showing your wealth and your possessions and what you had and what was going on, right? And so if you were a wealthy Roman citizen, I don't know if you guys can see this sign, you were elevated. So Reese, I'm going to move you right up here on this, okay? So you were elevated. Everyone would see that you were in a position of power, that you had a lot of things. To your right, which was the next prominent position, was if you were a poor Roman citizen, this is where you were at. You were actually higher as a poor Roman citizen than if you were wealthy and you weren't a Roman citizen. But if you had wealth and you were a non-Roman citizen, you may be seated somewhere over here, right, where people could see you. And then if you were a non-Roman slave, Gabe, you're over here, okay? You're on the outside, buddy. Sorry. You got, you got the shaft, okay? So you're right here. You're on the outside. And so everyone could see you, right? And not only was your position where you were seated at kind of in the house and everyone's watching, and this thing was broken down like so many ways. Like there were like 12 different categories even underneath some of these. But whoever you were based off of what you had was how you ate, okay? So if you're wealthy, you get some beautiful smoked chicken, mac, or mac and cheese, green beans, a roll, right? And a beautiful mug that you're carrying, right? Because you're in a position and people would watch you eat. That may be awkward, okay? But that's how it was because you were wealthy and you were in a position of power, right? If you were a Roman citizen, but you didn't have a lot of money, you still ate good. Chick-fil-A, right? 
pretty good chicken right there, okay? So, so you would get a pretty good meal, right? It's not slow cooked. It's not homemade or it's authentic, but it was really good, okay? And then if you had money, but you weren't a Roman citizen, you were a little bit less, you got the chicken-flavored ramen noodles is what you got, okay? That's just what you had to settle for, right? And then on the outside, if you were a slave, you didn't get food. If there were any leftovers, sorry about that, Gabe. If there were any scraps from the kitchen, like maybe they had a little bit of extra stuff and everything that they were preparing, maybe they would set some out for you, but most likely you were just watching people eat. Like how horrible is that, right? But that's what you would do. And so people would see you and they'd be like, man, we know who this guy is, a wealthy Roman citizen. He's got the good food, right? And then, man, I love Chick-fil-A, so that's pretty good too, right? Like that's, that's okay, but you're over in this area, and then you're over in this area, and all of a sudden, even eating a meal together was disconnected. And it was disunity, and it was about where you sat and the privilege that you had or the money that you had or what your title was or all of those things. And this is what it looked like to eat a meal together during the time of Jesus and while the church was being formed. So let's give them all a hand. Thank you guys so much. You can put that back down. Put your signs back down. Great job. You guys can return to your seat. And so this is why when we read passages in the Bible, it helps us understand so much more than what Jesus was doing and what the early church is trying to do, why it's so important. That's why Paul writes to the churches in Galatia in this region um, of this time. And this is what he says when he's talking about things like this. He said, I want to remind you that there is neither Jew nor Gentile. There is neither slave nor free. There's neither male nor female for all are one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ and you are Abraham's seed, you're heirs according to the promise. He's saying stop dividing each other up in different ways. Eating a meal together. This is about connection and about unity. This is about restoration. And that's why if you've ever read in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 when Paul is writing to the church in Corinth and he gets really mad about the Lord's Supper, about them eating a meal together. And if you've ever read it and you're like, whoa, what's going on? He's saying, church, you're acting like the Romans. Some people are coming and they're getting so much food and then someone else is showing up and they have nothing. They're starving. You're treating people differently if they have wealth or if they have citizenship than if they don't. You're acting like the culture around you. And that's not what Jesus has called you to do. He's called you to come out. He's called you to be different. How will the world ever know the love of God if we're not showing it even the way that we eat with each other? Do you understand that? So that's why Paul's getting mad and frustrated. He's like, stop acting like that. When you come together and you eat a meal, it should be connection and it should be unity. This should be a picture of restoration in a world that we live in that is so divided. How beautiful is it when we're sitting down at a meal together with different political views and different backgrounds and different cultures and different job positions and different bank accounts, all of those things. But none of that matters because we're connected in Jesus Christ. And that's what, the, that's what the Bible is challenging us with. That's how Jesus lived his life is he was coming together with others saying, hey, this should connect us. This shouldn't divide us. And even the simple thing of eating a meal with someone else, sharing food with someone else, like there should be this connection in our world that is displaying and it's putting on display the love of God. The last thing that the word of God shows us um, is this. It's breaking bread, eating a meal together. It's about reconciliation. 
It's about being reconciled to God. There's connection. There's spiritual conversations that can happen. And God sets this example all throughout Scripture. We see this in Luke chapter 22, 20. Jesus is taking this simple meal that they've eaten together, this festival, this celebration that they've eaten together, and he's infusing the meaning of reconciliation into this. And he says, in the same way, he took the cup and he says, this is a new covenant in my blood which is poured out to you. And he's saying, even over a meal, even over eating food, even over what we eat, that we can realize that God is connecting us back to himself. This simple act of the gift of eating that God has given us, there's this connection that happens. And one of the pastors I was listening to this week, he was reminding us just to slow down. And instead of scarfing our food down or, you know, eating as quickly as you can because you have to get to work or you have to go on to the next thing or you're busy or you have things to get to in the evening with different commitments and everything, what if we just set a timer and we said we're not getting up from the table until the timer goes off? And even in the simple act of, hey, this food tastes really good. Hopefully what you eat tastes good, you guys. And just being thankful for that. Of God, you gave us taste buds. I mean, how amazing is that? That what we need to fuel us, what we need to put energy into our body can actually taste different ways and it can taste good. And we can stop as children of God and realize, God, that's a gift from you. Even a simple meal can remind us, God, we're being reconciled to you. There was this practice in ancient Middle Eastern culture that's still around today, and it's called a meal of sulha. This meal of sulha, and this is what it means, is you eat a meal with someone that, that maybe you've been upset with, maybe there's been broken relationship there, and over this simple meal together, the grievances are forgiven. The wrong that's been committed, it's taken away. Whatever it was that was separating you, there is now connection because you're eating this meal together. This is what we see all the way, once again, back in the book of Exodus where these leaders of the people of God, over as they come out of slavery in Egypt in Exodus 24, God sits down and he eats this meal with the elders. And it says this, that they were on the mountain of, Lord, of the Lord. God's presence was there on what was known as Mount Sinai. There's a cloud coming down, like there's earthquake. The, the presence of God is there. And what happens? These leaders of the people, they sit down, and they break bread with God. I mean, how amazing is that? And God's saying, hey, whatever has separated us, the grievances that, that I may have against you because of the sin or the wrong that you've committed, like, it's being made right. It's being restored. It's being reconciled over this meal that we're eating together. And this simple act that Jesus had of eating a meal, I mean, just something that we do all the time, is now infused with meaning. As we're reminded, this is about relationship and connection. This is about being in community with one another. That's how we love like Jesus. This is about restoration. All of those things that divide us over a meal together that we can be connected. Instead of being so divided and separated that we can come together as the body of Christ and as people of God. And that we could even be reconciled to God and be reminded of the goodness of God and how he has removed the grievances. That's what we do when we take 
the Lord's table like what we did this morning of breaking the bread and drinking that cup. It's that reminder of God. We were separated from you, and yet you invited us to the table. You invited us to be close. And you said, my blood's going to cover your sin, and I'm offering forgiveness for the wrong that you've committed. The grievances are gone. And we're connected once again. See, Jesus had this powerful way of taking something as simple as eating a meal together and making it so meaningful and so powerful. And I want us to take a moment and just pray and reflect on these simple scriptures that we've looked at and these passages that we've walked through this morning in the life of Jesus and how he loves. So if you would bow your head and close your eyes this morning. You may be here and maybe you've never thought of God as the God who wants to sit down and have a meal with you. Or the God who is bringing and connecting people back together. There's a lot of different thoughts or images that we may have of God. And if you're here this morning and you're feeling disconnected, the first prayer I want to lead you in is the prayer of connecting back with God. The Bible's very clear that we've all sinned We've all messed up and we can't fix ourselves. We can't work hard enough or do enough good things to get back in a right relationship with God. We can't do that on our own. And so Jesus came and he paid the price. And he lived here on this earth and he went to the cross and he died for our sins so that we could be reconciled, so that we could be brought back into relationship with God. And if you're here this morning and you're feeling disconnected, I want you to know that God's voice and his presence is also here. He's right there in the living room or in the kitchen or wherever you're listening to this ad or wherever you're watching this. God's presence is right there and he's inviting you into relationship. He doesn't want you to be disconnected. And so I'm going to lead us in this prayer. I'm going to ask everyone to say this out loud because we don't want anyone praying alone. So even if you're there at home, pray this with us. Jesus, I come to you and I need you in my life. I realize I've sinned. I need your forgiveness. So cleanse me of my sins. Be the savior of my life. Be the Lord of my life. Give me a brand new start. Bring me back into relationship with you and relationship with others. I pray this in your name. Amen. Church, can we just put our hands together and celebrate for anyone who prayed that prayer? And I believe this, that if you prayed that this morning and you're feeling, you were feeling disconnected, God is doing something in your heart and in your life this morning, making you new and giving you a brand new start. And that is a reason to celebrate and rejoice. And so we're excited for those steps that you're taking and following after Jesus and committing your life to him. And I want to lead us in one more prayer. And I just want to pray that this morning, and I want all of us to pray, even if you've not prayed a lot, you don't have to say any special words, but let's pray together that we would be the kind of church and the kind of people that love like Jesus. And even over something as simple as a meal, something that we eat, that we could somehow infuse that like Jesus did with meaning and with restoration and reconciliation, that we could bridge relationships. We want to be the kind of people that love well, just like Jesus did. And so let's pray over our lives that God would help us 
to do that as we move forward throughout this week and even into the upcoming weeks. Let's pray together this morning, church. Lord, we come before you, God, and I'm so thankful for this simple reminder. God, it's something we do all the time of eating food, but Lord, you remind us, God, of how powerful it is when we love people well and we bridge relationships, God, and we make those connections. And so I pray, help us to be that kind of church, God, that is united together, God, that's connected together, Lord, that's encouraging one another, Lord, that's reaching out to those that are on the outside, Lord, and those that are hurting, Lord, help us to be that kind of people, God. That's my prayer for our church, Lord. And as we do that, Lord, that your love would be put on display for the world around us. God, your love would be that example for people in our workplace, Lord, and in our schools, God, in our friendships, Lord, wherever we find ourselves, God, that we would be bridging that gap, Lord, even through something as simple as eating a meal together. God, we want to display your love to the world around us. So I pray do that in our lives. In your name, amen.